And I'm Erica. So, gang, last week we wrapped up our series on women in scripture. And since Thanksgiving is coming up, in fact, it's Thanksgiving week, we decided that we would talk today about thankfulness and what that means um, as Christians, what that means just uh, as a way to live our lives. So let's jump in and talk about this great holiday that often gets overlooked between uh, Halloween and Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) To to me, it's it's funny, like, Thanksgiving is a weird, uh, it's a weird phenomenon to me, because, like, it's like, our our culture does this, like, it's an official one-day-a-year kind of a thing, and at least as someone who tries to be a something of a follower of Jesus, it seems to me like you can't take two steps in the New Testament, or the Old Testament for that matter, without running into the notion of all our lives are called to be sort of lived out of thankfulness, out of gratitude, because recognizing you've received a gift also recognizes that you've been graced for something. And like the whole like underlying assumption of the, of the, the Hebrew and Christian scriptures is God is this immense generous giver and we live our lives constantly receiving good gifts from god what are you going to do with a good gift that's been placed in your hand and our culture sort of like catches up once a year and goes now we're going to have turkey and say we're thankful (laughs) and like to me it feels like this this should be the air we breathe almost you Mm -hmm. know it seems almost unnatural just to have this one day where we're thankful (laughs) and then you know the other 300 and uh 64 we can just whine and complain all day long right I'm not even sure we're very good at it on Thanksgiving because yeah. it kind of becomes about the food. And right. uh-huh. it, it may be a little bit about, oh, yeah, Thanksgiving is about spending time with family. family. Right. And, you know, there there's always that part of you, or at least part of me, that when you're getting ready to sit down at Thanksgiving and you've loaded up your plate and then somebody says, let's all go around and say <laughs> what we're thankful for. Right. And you just know that at least half the people at the table don't want to do it because there's this plate of food in front of Hot, them. warm food and that we want to eat. Yeah. So I'm not even sure we're good at it yeah. on Thanksgiving. No. I even think part of the trouble we have is that as a like a as a national culture that, that does this thing called Thanksgiving is that in a way we we kind of remember a story that has to do with Thanksgiving in our national history about pilgrims being thankful they survived a winter or something like that. But we've kind of like shortened that story to be, hooray, a bunch of people a long time ago lived. We sort of edit out that like the reason they lived is because the native people were there, like taught them how to live. And we don't like, it's not even a, we're thankful that the native people like uh, taught them how to live. It's more like we're thankful to God that some mysterious people help them. Like, we sort of edit out the agency through whom their survival happened. Well, that's because then it gets awkward because well, right. we, as a nation, then did to the natives. Then like, we're supposed to remember the rest of that story. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and even at that, and in, in, in when I picture family Thanksgivings, at no point does somebody say, now let's have a recitation of the story of the pilgrims. We've forgotten that. You might get, you know, the Tom Turkey with the pilgrim hat in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, but that will be the end of it. And I think this is one point where... The, the Hebrew scriptures, what we often call the Old Testament, does Thanksgiving so, so much better yeah. because of its rootedness mm-hmm. in story. And I think, like, in a way, I think if you would if you would sit down with, um, you know, uh, ordinary average uh, Joe Israelite in, in A.D. 800 or something, or B.C. 800, 
and said, we have a special holiday for Thanksgiving, you guys should have that, they'd be like, well, what are you thankful for in particular? And they'd say, well, what's the story about it? You know, and like, when Israel tells its story, it's immersed in thankfulness. They don't have to call it Thanksgiving, because like, every part of the story is, and God delivered us from Pharaoh, and God brought us through the wilderness, and at every point, it's God did these things, of course our response is thanks. That it's almost like the epitome of ego for us to say, we're going to have a holiday that's focused on how good we are at giving thanks instead of a day to tell the story again of how good God is. And of course, the, the natural response is to be thankful for what mm-hmm. you've been given. And we found a way, yet again, self-centered people that we are, to turn the story into, we're very good at saying thank you. As No. <laughs> that, like, to me, that like it puts the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Uh, and that, that the, the Hebrew scriptures in particular... And maybe we could say that the the New Testament narrative about Jesus as well puts the the focus on the right place. That it's about the the this amazing generous giver, and when you come face to face with the generosity of that kind of a God, you can't help but respond with gratitude instead of saying, "Now we're going to have a day. Everybody's supposed to be thankful. Now let's focus on how good we are at being thankful." That that turns the focus on us rather than on the giver who's at the heart of it. You mentioned that. Jewish, you know, talking to, to Joe the Israelite from 800 BC or whatever. You know, I'm thinking of all the Jewish festivals, and you mm-hmm. can't go much more than a few weeks without a Jewish festival. Mm-hmm. And every single one of them, there is an aspect of Thanksgiving in it. Right, right, right. It's not just one huge festival, like the Day of Atonement is the day that we give thanks to God for all that he's done for us, or the right. Passover is the day, you know, no, the Day of Atonement we give thanks for God for saving us, and at, at Passover we give thanks to God for bringing us out of Egypt. And right. Every festival, every celebration, every Shabbat that they get together, exactly. every Saturday that they get together and worship, they are giving thanks to God. Exactly. And and that's the thing I think is the difference that we we twenty first century modern Christians who know so much could really stand to like pay attention to our own faith story and go in in the especially in the, the mindset of the Hebrew scriptures. Thanksgiving isn't a day or a piece of the fabric. It's the whole fabric, baby. And mm-hmm. there are different moments at which we go, we're thankful for the harvest now, and we're thankful for the day of rest, and we're thankful for uh, forgiveness. And, and like all these things are things we are thankful for because gratitude is like the the underlying, it's, it's like the atmosphere in which the relationship happens. And we have a way of treating it instead like, here's the day that we talk about being thankful, which is fine, but it's sort of like, again, we end up treating it like this is the one day, folks, and now the rest of the time, mm-hmm. you know, be um, self-absorbed people who think you've made your own fortunes and made your own lives, and you don't need, you don't owe anybody anything. You know, it, I think it's important too, jumping uh, across to being part of the New Testament community too, that at the heart of the way the early church remembered Jesus. Uh, and even that central thing we call uh, the Lord's Supper or the Eucharist or Holy Communion is, is Thanksgiving as well. Mm-hmm. At, at the root of that story is Jesus doing what a good first century Jew does, takes the bread, blesses it, breaks it, and gives thanks for it, and then hands it out. And that the early church, as part of its practice of remembering that event, and it seems like you read the, the, the New Testament, the New Church, the, the New Testament community was celebrating some form of that like every week. This is like their, their, mm-hmm. their DNA too. Um, that thankfulness for this particular new thing that God had done was just continuing on the thread. Well, we're thankful God created the world. We're thankful God gives us rest. We're thankful for this. Oh, and now in this new definitive way, we're thankful that God sent Jesus as the Savior. That in, it, it continued that strand of everything is gratitude. All mm-hmm. of our lives are meant to be gratitude because we are constantly in the presence of a, a good and generous giver. And that that transforms even how we see all of what happens in, in our Sunday worship as well, I think, too. And I think 
for for you all as as Lutherans, since you partake in communion every week, you partake in the Eucharist, you're reminded of that thankfulness. Where in my denomination, in most churches, it's once a month, and some it's even less than that. Mm-hmm. And so we we kind of lose part of that. And when I take you know um, praises and concerns every week in the church, the concerns far outweigh the praises if we have any praises at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, um, and so I think we've just. Uh, Across denominations, but especially for those of us that don't partake in communion as often as as Lutherans or Catholics or other high church folks, you know, we don't even have that aspect right, right in our right. worship service. Well, it, just because we we uh, celebrate communion every week in our worship, like, doesn't mean that we're good at remembering. Like, True. I, I sort of treat it as a check and balance. It's like theoretically, even if the sermons are total dud and the, the hymns are ones I don't like, here's the central story around which we give mm-hmm. thanks. That is a check and balance on you know poor preachers and bad singers, but even at that, it's possible for us to miss the point or mm-hmm. to treat it like, look, God, we're now we're going to impress you with our ability to use bread and wine. Like, no, this is not about our impressing you. At yeah. no point is the focus on it. Look how good we are. I oh, go ahead, sir. I think that's what I'm struggling with this entire conversation. Is I keep wanting to pose the question, what can we do to be better at being thankful? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, that puts the focus back on us yeah. and what we're doing instead of remembering to put the focus yeah. on, you know, God, who is the one who has done things that we should yeah. are thankful mm-hmm. for. Yeah. So I, it, it, this is a tough conversation to like have because it's again. How do we be more thankful, but at the same time, let's not have the focus be on right. us and have be on God and and yeah. To me, it feels like maybe then the the maybe the right place to put the right focus is is changing the question and saying that it's not how do we be more thankful, but um, how can we be more and more constantly conscious of uh-huh. the the graciousness of God and uh-huh. let that do whatever work it's going to do on us. Um, and that that seems to be the the pattern that we keep finding across the scriptures, you know, that like at every turn in the Psalms, it's let's tell another story about here. God delivered us here. God delivered us there. Hooray. God saved us. And that it's this constant recitation of the good acts of God. And that it's almost like praise is like the, the exhale that comes out of it. Like it totally makes sense. I, I feel sometimes like, uh, we are at a disadvantage. We English speakers, when we use the word thanks, that we miss, there's a connection between grace and, and our response or our thankfulness mm-hmm. that is there in both in Greek and in, in other languages as well. In, you, you might get it in the connection between grace and gratitude. They both have that same mm-hmm. root of a, of a gift that starts us off. Uh, and the, the, the Greek is similar too. The word for grace, charis, is uh, there in the, the word for thanks, Eucharist, which is again, mm-hmm. side note, where we get the word Eucharist from for people who call Holy Communion Eucharist, that it's a witness under the word for thanksgiving. Um, and it's this thankfulness for what God has done here. Uh, and that, like, if we don't get that connection, that grace calls forth gratitude, we sort of treat it like uh, this is more about a uh, heavenly manners lesson, and God insists, mm-hmm. you need, I need you to be more thankful, and that's never really it. It's, it's the more and more we're steeped in the goodness of God, you can't help but it just sort of bubbles up like like you can't help it, you know? Um, th- to me, there's there's one passage that... Uh, that like like shouts that to me from from the scriptures. I don't mean for this to become a Bible study per se, but there's this passage that often gets read in our churches around Thanksgiving time if we have a church service for Thanksgiving, and it's the story about Jesus healing ten people who have leprosy, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, nine of them uh, run off and go show the priest just like Jesus commanded them, uh, and the tenth one comes back and thanks Jesus before going on his way. And as Luke notes, that one is the hated foreigner, the Samaritan, who gets it that Jesus is the agent of his healing. And Jesus makes this aside about, like, 
where are the other nine? What happened to them? Didn't they give thanks for their healing as well? And the thing that gets me is this isn't a story about politeness because Jesus doesn't unheal the other nine. He doesn't say, you didn't properly give thanks. That's it. I'm rescinding the miracle. That would treat Jesus like he's just like um, you know, uh, Emily Poe's giving an etiquette lesson. And this, to me, it's more about the recklessness of God's grace, that there is this reckless uh, kindness and generosity that God shows indiscriminately on people who get it and are thankful, and on people who are stinkers who don't say thank you, and that that's the nature of how God gives. That God's giving and generosity is not contingent on our manners, and that God doesn't say, I'm going to give you this, but only if you're polite. Um, in fact, <clears throat> Jesus makes a point in Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount of saying, God is generous to the ungrateful and the wicked. To me, like that's that's where the conversation about thankfulness starts to say, mm-hmm. let's be clear, if you don't say thank you, God does not stop being generous because God is a good giver and we're just crummy at being thankful. <laughs> but that's where the conversation starts. It's on the goodness of God. And in the moments when we're tempted to twist it back into how good am I at being thankful, we stop and go, nope, nope, nope. The conversation now turns back to the goodness of God. Let's tell another story about the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. And I think... Yeah. As somebody who's grown up in the church and has been a Christian basically her whole life, you know, for me and and I see it in other folks that have grown up in the church, we kind of forget all the goodness that God has done for us mm-hmm. because we don't have that before Christ period in our lives mm-hmm. where we were like total absolute stinkers and, right. and Christ just did a 180 with us and made us a completely new person where my friends who um, are former alcoholics or former um, heroin um used to shoot heroin and deal heroin and those kind of things like Christ did a 180 on them. And in some ways the drama makes it easier to tell the story as, uh-huh. And so they continue to tell that story and they're continually thankful because they, they know that they were stinkers before. <laughs> right, right, right. And I knew I was just a, a smart bratty kid, <laughs> but you know, all kids are kind of smart and right, bratty at some point right, in their life. Right. So it's just, it's interesting, you know, how that kind of, how I've seen that play out and, yeah. and, how thankful people are for God's grace and God's goodness in their lives. Yeah. Just from my own experience. It's interesting too, like as I think about the way Israel told its story throughout the Hebrew scriptures too, that Israel, I mean, sometimes could tell its own story as we were wayward and rebellious and God forgave us and you know, kept turning to us, but sometimes it also gets framed as we've grown up in God's family, we're God's child, we're, mm-hmm. and that both halves of that are sort of part of Israel's mm-hmm. story. And that that may be an important thing for us to speak up to, that whether your life story has this dramatic turn of I used to be lost and now I'm found sort of amazing grace style, you know, but Paul in the, on the Damascus Road kind of story, or if it's more like I was raised in this kind of love and I never knew a time that I wasn't loved, uh, it, yeah, there are certain challenges there where it's tempting uh, to take that for granted or to not appreciate or something. And yet the the what we call the Old Testament story is able to speak to both poles of that, both mm-hmm. both halves of that as well. And that to call forth uh, gratitude and, and never like, a, you have to do your thing now, give your thanks or else you're out of the, the family or something. But more like we just keep telling the story about how God's been good, how God's been good, how God's been good, beyond our deserving and beyond our earning. I think the other piece that, that shows up uh, repeatedly is I think about how Israel would tell its story is that also came back around to remind them that everything they had was God's in the first place mm-hmm. and that they weren't supposed to get full of themselves of, look, I did this. And it's like there's this famous line uh, God commands in Deuteronomy, when you get to the promised land and you got a harvest and for the first time in your life you got your own land and you're tempted to think, I did this, we depended on manna before, but now I planted these crops and this is all mine. They were supposed to come forward with some of their crops and say, 
a wandering Aramean refugee was my ancestor, and then they became slaves in Egypt, and then God set us free, and now God's brought us to this land, and God does the miracle of bringing food out of the ground. Mm-hmm. I sat and watched it happen, and this is something that God has given me, so that even recognizing our best accomplishments are gifts of God as well. That's kind of countercultural too, because it seems mm-hmm. to me like so much in our culture is focused on... Uh, I, I did it, this is my accomplishment, mm-hmm. and I don't have anybody else to be thankful for because I did it. And it's so tempting to treat our stories like that, of there's nobody else I need to thank because I'm so smart, I'm so talented. And we almost sort of treat it as a, we can be tempted to treat it as a weakness if you've had a, a leg up from somebody else or somebody else, or mm-hmm. to acknowledge that somebody else helped you. And I think the Hebrew scriptures are really good at like undercutting all that pride and being like, nope, nobody did this on their own. Everybody has received mm-hmm. from God and from the generations that came before you and from your neighbor and from people around you all that sort of is, is meant to, to put us in the right frame of mind so we can receive God's gifts, good, good gifts, but also not to get full of ourselves, too. Well, and for that first generation that came into the promised land, they didn't plant, you know, <laughs> that, <laughs> right. that stuff was already there for right, them. Right, right. And so then that story continues to be told even to this day amongst you know, our Jewish brothers and sisters. But for those of, you know, even our own family history, you know, I, well, being adopted, that's different, but, you know, but I don't even know, like, where you know, my adopted family, where their ancestors came from and, and when they came over, mm-hmm. because that story is just not told. Right, right, right. And there, there's an there's a important sense, I think, that, like, for the, for the New Testament community, for the, for the group we call church, that part of what it, it felt was it was called to do was to keep telling the story of God's faithfulness to Israel and to say, even if you weren't an Israelite, this is the God who has called us. And so even if it wasn't your actual biological great-great-grandparents who were set free from slavery or whatever, like, we've been given this gift that we get to tell this story, and this Mm -hmm. is the God whom we worship as well. Never forgetting that, like, it's a privilege, it's a gift that you get to tell this story, that you get to claim this this story as your own, too. Um, But that's something we're not great at, and instead Mm -hmm. we we tend, it seems to me, in, in our culture... To compartmentalize Thanksgiving or make it like, a, well, I'm thankful for friends and family, but I, everything else in my life I did all on my own. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you make it a day so that now I can move on to look how great I am. <laughs> and, and that the the in some ways I feel like the the New Testament writers, like like you say, Sarah, would feel a little bit weird sitting in on a conversation like this because they'd be like, "What do you mean you don't know how to be thankful? Because like you just talk about the goodness of God and that." That makes you that that that's all you that's what you do. That you, God God's good. You keep centering on how God is good in the midst of all the other stuff going on, and that you know sets mm-hmm. things right for us. We're we're just not great at that. <laughs> I think that may be helpful too in making sense of. There's one other passage that comes to my mind that often gets uh, sort of uh, thrown out when we start talking about the the Bible and thankfulness. Is there's this passage in uh, Paul's letter to Philippians about being thankful in all circumstances, and the temptation is to misread that and hear that that we have to be thankful for everything mm-hmm. and to treat it like oh this rotten thing happened. Well, the Bible says I have to be thankful, and again to treat it like it's God commanding manners, like. You know, uh, well, I'm having a rotten day, but I should be thankful for something or else God's going to be mad at me. No, that misses the point. But in the midst of everything, there's, there's life. I mean, if, if I'm alive, there's, there's this life to be thankful for. Even when everything else is falling apart, there, there are things for which to be thankful. And even as Christians, we believe that even when there isn't life anymore, yeah. when death happens, because death does happen, happen um, we have been promised eternal life. Mm-hmm. With God, yeah. So you know, even where there is death, there is the resurrection. Right. There is no without 
death, there can't be a resurrection. Right, right. And so even then, even in the midst of death, there it, it's bittersweet for us yeah. that, there, that, that this is a sad thing because we have been now separated from this person whom we love, but that separation is temporary. Yeah, That yeah. someday there will be life again and we'll be together again. Mm-hmm. And there's sweetness in that to be thankful for. But, yeah death and life, it's bittersweet. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a song that comes to my mind. There's a Lutheran singer-songwriter um, named Jonathan Runman, and there's a song of his, um, here's Total Church Nerdness. He wrote a double album like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, a double album with 52 tracks, one for each week in the church year. Yes, he's that church nerdy. Uh, it was great. But there's, a, there's a, a song of his called This Deadly Life. And the verses are basically this recitation of all the stuff that could have happened today that didn't. And the refrain is like, there's a holy miracle. Every night we lay down our heads and turn out the lights that we survived another day. And God's like, and we sometimes are, for, are forgetful of like, there's a lot of things that could have gone wrong that didn't. And, and we're not great at recognizing like, wow, I got to eat today. I could have taken that for granted. But there's a lot of people who didn't get to eat. Or I have a roof over my head. And instead of treating that as, well, of course, I deserve a roof. It's those other people who don't, like, no, these are gifts. And the right way to respond to a gift is, one, to be appreciative and recognize it's been handed to you. And then to ask, it becomes possible to share our gifts if I realize this isn't mine. I made it. I achieved it. But if this is a gift that's meant to be shared now, I can make sure, oh, there's somebody else who didn't get to eat today. How can I make sure they get to eat tomorrow? That's part of the right way of expressing gratitude. Um, I mean, in a, in a way similar, when we're sitting around at the Thanksgiving table and you happen to be the one sitting next to the dinner rolls, the proper response is not, ha, I'm, I'm so thankful I'm the only one at dinner rolls because I'm sitting close to them. I, they're all for me and you must all trade me other things. To, you know, like, no. There's this abundance that is so good and so the right thing to do with it is to share it with people around you because you realize it wasn't intended just for you. And at, at its best, the, the, both the Hebrew and the Christian scriptures recognize that. The, the abundance and the good things are not meant to be our exclusive possession. And we are sometimes not good at remembering that. We treat it like, nah, I'm so thankful God gave me all this stuff. It is all for me, and nobody else gets it because I'm closest to the rules. No, that, that's, not, that's not the point. And that right, a right understanding of gratitude gets it. You, you, that being blessed doesn't mean I brag about it, look all the stuff I've got, and you don't. But then the obligation is, the assumed obligation is you share it with each other. And not an obligation in the sense of if I don't, there will be punishment or lightning bolts, because that's what you do with a gift, you dummy. <laughs> I say that to myself. as the, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the dummy with the rules in that instance. Well, um, there, there's obviously going to be more conversation around tables uh, coming up in uh, in two days as people are, uh, two days or fewer as people uh, gather around Thanksgiving uh, dinner tables. Any final thoughts that we want to make sure people have in their heads about how, how we live conscious of God's good gifts? If there, I'm grateful for the silence too sometimes. But let, let me offer these two thoughts that popped into my head. Uh, one is a line by Karl Barth and one is a line of Thornton Wilder. Uh, Karl Barth says, "Grace, uh, gratitude follows grace like thunder follows lightning with the sense that this is not like something you have to work on or achieve or how do I work on making myself more thankful you, you put that question so well Sarah but that the, the right place to focus is on the, the goodness of God's giving the goodness of God's grace and, and gratitude follows from that the same way lightning creates the thunder and, and grace mm-hmm. creates the gratitude and the other line that, that occurs to me is a line of Thornton Wilders who says we can only be said to be truly alive in those moments when our hearts are conscious of their treasures mm-hmm. and it occurs to me in a culture like ours that 
is so often takes for things for granted or is unable to see things as gifts that have been given to us by a good and gracious giver, we are settling for being less than fully alive because we are so focused on, I did this, I'm, you know, this is my accomplishment, I'm not sharing with you because it's all mine. We're settling for being less than fully alive. And to me, that, that frames us as this isn't just a 25-minute conversation about we should have manners uh, and we should say thank you. But it's more about we're settling for being less than fully alive when we fail to be conscious of the, the, the good things God's put in our lives and in our hands. Mm. All right, well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, however you spend it, wherever you are, blessings to you, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye, guys. Bye.